0: I am professional wrestler Chris Rex, and if you're hearing my voice, that means you're listening to the Bear of Texas podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Into the Net FC, the soccer talk discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. As usual, this is the Bear of Texas reporting live from an undisclosed location deep in the heart of Texas. Ladies and gentlemen, it's once again my honor to welcome back my good friend in beautiful Southern California. Ladies and gentlemen, let's give it up for Steve Adams. What's going on, Steve?
1: Hey, happy Mm -hmm. holiday week from the San Fernando Valley in Los Angeles.
0: It's really been quite interesting, the Premier League. You know, we always say this every week. It's more surprises are in stock. And I can also say that Match Day 14, well, we got several big surprises, didn't we?
1: Oh, to say the least, uh, a lot of changes. Uh, I mean, the, the table in the EPL looks nothing right now like how it did a little over a week ago. I mean, eight days ago, it was a whole, whole different world.
0: I mean, Tottenham was in first place, and now after two, suffering two upset losses, they are now down in sixth.
1: Yeah, incredible. I mean, they were, you know, tied with Liverpool on points for a few weeks, and but they had the goal differential lead on them, and then, um, you know, two losses in a row, all of a sudden, have dumped them all the way down to sixth place.
0: Yes, indeed. And now, as we look at we look at the standings, Liverpool has sole possession of first followed by Leicester City, and then surprisingly, Manchester United has jumped up to third place, and they are followed by Everton, who's in fourth, and now Chelsea is in fifth. But we're not going to waste any time, and you know what? We're going to go and start out with your club, as the Reds, Liverpool, pull off a f- fantastic 7 nothing win on the road against Crystal Palace.
1: How about that? Scoring a touchdown at Selhurst Park, uh, a place that... A lot of times has been uh, a nightmare for Liverpool over the years. There's been some really, really disappointing results there, and uh, you know, just uh, just unbelievable. Minamino uh, got his first goal uh, in the EPL for Liverpool. Uh, Mo Salah came off the bench, scored a brace. Uh, Firmino, Firmino scored a brace. Henderson scored a goal that was just absolutely master class. It was served up by uh, Alexander Arnold that he just hit a howitzer. Salah's goal, the the seventh goal for Liverpool on the day may have actually of some really nice goals that they scored that day. That one may have been the best uh, left footed, uh, bended around a defender into the top uh, left-hand corner of the net. Uh, it was a thing of beauty. Um, so it was a, not only was it nice to get the win, in a place that they usually don't do all that well, but also too to to get the seven goals to to pad the goal differential a little bit. Uh, that's that's not inconsequential too, because the way this season is going, with how competitive it is, um, it may end up coming down to goal differential. So when you have a chance to uh, run the score up, you got to do it.
0: Yes indeed, and as I'm looking at uh, based from a source from ESPN FC, according here, Manchester City has a forty two percent chance of winning the EPL, while Liverpool has a thirty nine percent chance. <laughs> I mean, not surprisingly, of course, you know, everybody still has all the faith in the world in Manchester City, but I really I really believe it's gonna come down to, you know somehow believe Tottenham's gonna fight back, but but from what I'm reading is Manchester United has an 8% chance of winning it. I mean, I don't think Man U's going to ha- pull it off that big. I mean, I know they can still finish in the top four, but I think it's going to be years until Man United earns the, earns the the right to be considered one of the favorites to win the title.
1: Yeah, but by the same token too, I mean, when you consider, you know, six weeks ago, I mean, people were hollering for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's head on a platter with Ludafisk. Uh, now all of a sudden, uh you know they've they've been playing really well the last couple of weeks. Um, their away form has always been good, but uh, their performance over the weekend uh, was uh, nothing short of uh, spellbinding against Leeds. Mm-hmm.
0: And speaking of Ole Gunnar Solshire, one of um, my uh, list, of our listeners of the show in England, actually reached out to me, and he said that he likes when I explained that firing Ole Gunnar Solskjaer does no good because there's no suitable replacements out there, he beat, in the way how you agreed. he described you and me as a, as two dudes who obviously think before we speak. And I said, well, when you love soccer and you do your research, I mean, that's the result you, you, we give the world. And so, so I'm glad, you know, I'm glad, you know, he loves the show. And, uh, you know, I told him, you know, if you ever have a chance to be on the show, you're more than welcome to. If you have any ideas for me and you, you know, I'm open to it, but... But, yeah, look, Ole's just not a perfect dude. I mean, look, look, you know, he still has his ups and downs, but, you know, I mean, when you think about it, there's no, other, there's no man out there that can replace the man if he's fired.
1: Not at this point. Not at this point. And, uh, you know, right now he's getting the results and he's justifying the upper management, keeping the faith, and um, not throwing in the towel on him. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely, and since we're talking about the Red Devils, let's go ahead and talk about their game against Leeds United because we both got this wrong. I predicted a two to two draw, while you predicted Leeds United to pull off the win, and the results was not even close to both the, to both our predictions because Manchester United somehow, some way, pull off a six to two win at Old Trafford against Leeds United.
1: Well, and they were up. Two to nothing in two minutes and 52 seconds uh, after the opening whistle of the game um, they were they were on them so quickly it was just really really incredible how, how quickly they jumped on them and they never really they never really let their foot off the gas pedal uh, during during the rest of the game
0: I mean Scott McToname scores two goals in the opening three minutes and therefore, he is the first Premier League player in history to score twice in the opening three minutes of the match.
1: Well, it was his first goals, as I recall, since March. So, uh, and of course, as a Scottish international, uh, very, very happy to see any Scott do well in the EPL. But uh, McTominay had a really, really good game. Uh, Bruno Fernandez uh, he added uh, a couple of goals, too um Lindahl, James Leeds United they still continue to have their travails off of set piece stuff they really they really seem to have a lot of troubles with that um, they could I mean they play really high energy ball I mean they're a very very fit team their their problem is definitely not fitness but uh but sometimes their play on on set pieces particularly corners um, really, Really seems to expose a lot of weaknesses to them. So, uh, but uh, but Man United, uh, arguably their best home showing of the season.
0: Absolutely, and and I did some extra research for this match because I knew that these results, there's got to be some facts to talk about. And here's an interesting one: Manchester United are unbeaten in their, in their last 15 home league games against Leeds United ever since a one nothing loss to them at home in February of 1981. Since then, nine wins and six draws, okay? And this was actually their first meeting since February 2004 where it ended with a 1-1 draw.
1: Well, and when you consider, too, that this also overlaps a period of time in the late 90s when Leeds was very good, And, uh, you know, they had made it to the semifinals of the the UEFA Cup. And, uh, you know, there there were really, really exciting times there in Yorkshire. And the fact that even then, uh, Leeds couldn't beat Man U at Old Trafford, even with that loaded squad.
0: Absolutely. You know, and when when my dad saw the results of this game, he actually remembered, oh, wait, Leeds United is back in the – the top because you know they had been so long you know it's, it's just amazing when a team has gone for so long I mean you kind of forget about them and then all of a sudden you look from here like oh wait they're finally back <laughs> I mean my well, dad, this, he the, remembers this, Leeds United when Eric Antona spent that year there
1: well <laughs> and it was such a bitter rivalry for so long I mean back in the, the 70s and, and early 80s uh, NBC they did a pretty good job showing some really good old clips uh, with some of the Really hard fouls and hard tackles and uh, uh, a real nice jog down memory lane with some of those uh, White Rose versus Red Rose matches.
0: So basically this was like a old 90s classic thriller. Just, it, it, basically a huge reminiscent to the classic 90s playoff rivalry between the Cowboys and the 49ers of American football.
1: In some ways, that's not far off. Because um, in the in the nineties, uh, Leeds had won a title. Man, you righted their ship, and they started winning titles under Sir Alex. And then in the late nineties, uh, Leeds was playing some really really good ball as well. So uh, so yeah, so it's 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 nice to see some of these old school rivalries coming back in the EPL.
0: Absolutely. And here's a uh, two more very interesting facts. I'm sure you'll like these ones too. Manchester United, you know, going up three. Up three to zero within the first twenty minutes. That was the first time since August of two thousand six when they were playing Fulham. Okay, and another one interesting as well is Manchester United scoring four plus goals in the first half. That's that was the first time in four years since they did it against Leicester City back in September of twenty sixteen.
1: Huh. So if you're if you're a Man United fan, no, it's it's been a great week.
0: It, it sure has, and. In our case, all all we can hope is is keep it up, and you know Bruno Fernandez, you know adding two goals. I mean, you know, at this point, you know, I think I feel like the more he scores, the more he shines. It's going to convince uh, the team, you know, more and more to uh, sell Paul Pogba because it, you said it before. I mean, at this point, it, it's now fair to say this is Bruno Fernandez's team.
1: Yeah, it is. I mean, I think. You know, I think he's, he's the boss right now as far as I'm concerned. He's by far and away, man, he's the best player.
0: I mean, they got to do what they got to do, but as far as Pogba goes, I hope he goes someplace where he's not only happy, but where he can somehow put his skills to, uh, to good use. But let's go ahead and move on. Let's go ahead and talk about Southampton and Manchester City. I guess we both got that one wrong too.
1: Yeah, I really thought Southampton would get the win down on the coast. Uh, one goal by Raheem Sterling was enough for Man City to snatch all the points. And quite frankly, they, they looked the better of the two sides. They were actually a little unlucky not to add a couple more. But um, you know, credit to Man City for going down to the coast. Southampton had been playing some really good ball, and uh, it was a nice win. De Bruyne's has to set up Sterling was uh was just a thing of beauty really really nice feed.
0: and you know it's a shame too because in Southampton's case you know this also drops them because I, I believe they were uh, they were definitely in the top four but now they're down to the down to seventh
1: yeah but but look at the grouping I mean there's only a couple of points that are separating you know a bunch of these teams so I, I mean it's just unbelievable how much movement there was at the this- know exactly and then now we're coming up to these flurry of games that are becoming, you know the boxing day and the new year's matches and such so um so yeah you know all all kinds of things to look forward to
0: and I love how you mentioned that the point differential right now because you know mid-city down eighth with at 23 and then Southampton 24 Tottenham and Chelsea both at 25 with Everton and Man U at 26 you know like even though like they're kind of down, they're really not as they're not as low as you really think. Like one game can just they can jump right back up, but then the the results of the other game can push them back down a little bit. That's yeah. what DPL is. It's it's a roller coaster basically.
1: Well, particularly this year. I mean, this is this is not a year. It's not like in previous years where um, one or two teams have pretty much distanced themselves from the pack. Um, not unlike you know Liverpool and Man City in the the previous couple of years, um, like I said, you know there's there's nobody that's going to be getting 90 points this year to win the EPL. It's not going to happen. Even Liverpool, I mean they've they've shown some frailties already this year. I mean yeah they're up by four points right now, but you know all it all it takes is a bad patch or you know some more some more injuries. But the fact that they've been able To claw their way back to the top, uh, even with so many people out and, you know, still waiting for, for some people to come back. They're still waiting for Alcantara to come back. And, um, unfortunately, Diogo Jota, he's going to be out anywhere from six to eight weeks. Uh, the, the Portuguese forward was just playing lights out and, uh, Providing a little bit of competition for those forwards with uh, Bobby Firmino and and Salah and uh, and Mane, so um, he's going to be missed. But uh, but hopefully he'll be back when it comes time for the round of sixteen of the Champions League.
0: Hopefully, because you know Liverpool's got a lot on the table.
1: But uh, Tottenham Leicester, that one um, did not get that one right. <laughs> I
0: <laughs> well, we certainly did not.
1: Uh, did not see did not see Leicester City uh, going into Tottenham. Tottenham's lost two straight, and this wasn't a case of Leicester City parking the bus, getting a couple of counter goals, uh, and then holding on for dear life. They they actually looked much better. Son had a very very quiet match. Uh, Kane was not getting great service of the ball, but. Uh, Lester got a penalty from Vardy, and Alderweireld uh, had uh, coughed up an own goal um, against his own net, but uh, but a good win for the Foxes. S-
0: certainly, and, you know, I was actually looking at the results. I mean, it was kind of, it- it's really hard, you know, when I saw Toby Alderweireld, you know, make that mistake, because when I think of the name Toby Alderweireld, I-, I always, what comes to mind is that that attempt he made in the semifinals between France and Belgium, and how uh, Hugo Lloris saved it. And, you know, I'm just like, wow, this Toby Aldo, we're out. he's underrated, isn't he? But I was so surprised because you know I felt Tottenham was gonna was really gonna win convincingly, but it turns out Leicester City decided, no, if somebody's gonna win convincingly, it's gonna be us, and they did. Yeah.
1: Yeah, well, even even Jose Mourinho, he didn't have his snarky comment after the game, like after the Liverpool loss, where he said, "Well, oh, you know, the better team lost." Well, Tottenham flat out did get outplayed by Leicester, so um, no no snarky comments after after this one.
0: Well, the truth is, there was really nothing for him to say. Yeah. So Leicester City is uh, now in second.
1: Yep. Everton, they're playing well. Beat Arsenal on Saturday, um, and they flat out outplayed Arsenal. I mean, in a lot of ways, the two to one scoreline was deceptive because Everton was the much much better of the of the two sides. And um, you know, Ancelotti's got them feeling their mojo a little bit more, and um, Arsenal is Arsenal is just a shell of themselves. Um, <laughs> Uh, you just you just don't even know what else what else to say, but it was a good performance at at, at uh, Goodison Park, and it, it was also great that at least in Liverpool they're not as much in know at a lockdown where in Merseyside they're allowing fans at the game. So it's one of it's it's actually interesting on the NBC broadcasts they're actually making note of the fact that you know this is real crowd noise. This is not piped in. <laughs> it's not artificially created noise, so I thought that was actually kind of funny. But um, but yeah, the the good people at Goodison Park had a lot to cheer for. Their side looked really really good against the the Gunners.
0: You know, it's amazing. You know, Everton is on a three game winning streak, and you know what? it is really a shame. how Arsenal is a total shell of themselves because this convinced me to write an article of what if Arsenal. Won the Champions League final in 2006. I'm just going to cut straight to the point. You know, Arsenal, at one point, I mean, they were the the most popular team in England. I mean, they were dominant. You know, Henri, the Invincibles. And I think if, if they had won it, it would have, it certainly would have highlighted the legacy of Arsene Wenger and Thierry Henry. But, you know, the, the whole game was a mess. You know, the goalkeeper being sent off 18 minutes into the match and then you know uh, Robert Pierre Robert Pires Pire had to be substituted out of the game so the backup goalkeeper can go in it was I mean Arsenal still had the lead but Arsenal just could not finish but I mean seeing Arsenal now it's it it, it, it just makes it, I just shake my head and go like wow I mean even as a yeah. man you supporter too
1: yeah well that was an awfully good Barcelona side that beat them in that final too so um you also got to give a little bit of credit to the Catalans as well on that day. But Absolutely. Uh, yeah, but yeah, that was, that's one of those things, you know, Arsenal for, for its rich history and yes, they've won EPL titles, um, but they've never, they've w- never won the champions league. Uh, they won back in the day. They won a cup winners cup back in the, back in the early nineties, uh, back when Ian Wright was playing with, with Arsenal and uh, they had those two very, very interesting Cup Winners' Cups finals against Parma, but uh, but yeah, they've never won the big one. They've never won the Champions League.
0: It's a shame too, and you know, I feel like it had Arsenal wanted to, I mean, it certainly would would have gotten the respect and maybe would have brightened the future up. But honestly, as far as the Champions League go, Arsenal's really never really recovered from it because they haven't really had a good Champions League since then.
1: No, they really haven't.
0: I mean, as we say in France, c'est dommage. Indeed. Or c'est la vie. Anyway, let's go on. Let's go on and go get to Brighton and Sheffield United. Hmm. Well. Well, I don't
1: envy anybody on the south coast that was watching that game. Um, uh, Sheffield United did manage to to get a point in Brighton, but now Brighton is actually starting to slide down the standings a little bit. They're starting to get precariously close to those relegation spots so um, not getting the win against Sheffield United was not too much of a help
0: and I mean Brighton is just one spot over the relegation zone because right now Fulham Westbourne and Sheffield are all in the relegation zone and as far as Sheffield goes I mean you know I, I felt like it could have been worse because you know it's they're lucky that it was only a draw but it, it, I mean the red card doesn't really do them justice you know, the draw really doesn't provide uh, any assistance too, because they only have two points now.
1: Yeah. Well, and then they got leapfrogged in the standings by Burnley. They, they played probably their best game of the day today against, uh, Wolverhampton goals by Barnes and wood. Um, uh, wolves made it a little bit closer late on, a Fabio Silva penalty, but this was one that Burnley pretty much dominated this game and they, they deserved the spoils. And, uh, now they find themselves for, I think, the first time this year, I think they're out of the relegation zone.
0: Well, that's good. But as far as Wolverhampton goes, <laughs> it's just, you know, they're still waiting for their player um, You know who has the head injury, uh, Jimenez, I believe his name. And
1: Yep. <sighs> yeah. They're waiting on Jimenez to come back.
0: But, you know, I, I still don't see it happening anytime soon because, it, you know, from the injury is, you know, th- this injury could affect the guy the rest of his life.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, head injuries, uh, concussion, and he had a fractured skull. So, you know, it's it's, it's going to be, you know, fingers crossed, hoping how he can recover from it. And then in the second game today, Chelsea uh, dominant over the Hammers. Uh, good to see Christian Pulisic get 80-plus minutes in, started the game, and he was lifted in the 86th minute. Goals by Tommy Abraham. He scores a brace. Silva with a goal. Um, So Chelsea gets their ship righted again against the Gunners.
0: Absolutely, and Chelsea is now you know climbing back up high. This still in fifth place, but the question surrounding Chelsea is is apparently the struggles of Timo Werner.
1: Yeah, you know he started out so well with Chelsea Um, early on in the in the new season. He was playing so well. And then um, he's just sort of been the invisible man for the last six weeks.
0: I mean, it's kind of been like, you know, some people have the expectations of him the same way they have expectations on uh, on Kylian Mbappe. But, look, as talented of those two guys are, I mean, you can't expect them to have, like, you know, a hat trick or a brace every single game. I mean, look. Timo Werner is still a young guy, and you know he's. I think he's still working on uh, the adaptations of playing a uh, Premier League uh, soccer because he came from a, uh, he came from the Bundesliga league. So, but, yeah. I mean, but look, you know, it's 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 a bad game, and I'm sure he's gonna be fine. So, I I, re- I really don't want to say that you know he's a horrible player. I mean, he's just going through a, that kind of period, and I'm sure he's gonna be fine. He's gonna get over it.
1: Well, but other guys have been picking him up. So yeah. if he's down, I mean, it's you know, another guy for Chelsea has stepped up. I mean, they they have depth. So um, you know, Tommy Abraham showed that you know, hey, you know, I can I can turn it on too, and um, you know, good good win for the Blues today.
0: Mm-hmm. And as we know, Olivier Giroud has proving a point says I can still do it.
1: Oh, exactly. <laughs>
0: You know, I was asked, you know, uh, how old is he? Even at thirty-four, he still has the great speed. And I simply said, well, let's take a look at his medical history because really, there is, as far as I know, there is no medical history. So, you know, when you when you're able to stay healthy your, your entire career and you're in good shape, I mean, you you can play, you know, still play well into your mid thirties. You could probably you could even play still good, you know, as a forty-year-old player. I mean, I I don't know if it's gonna happen, but but Cheluse just one of those guys who's fortunate enough to not to have medical history that he's still good to go.
1: Yeah, I mean he's uh, he's been able to stay healthy, and uh, I mean what can you say? The guy is still producing.
0: Mm-hmm. That's why I believe he's going to be a big part of France's World Cup. I mean, I think the 2022 World Cup in Qatar is probably going to be his last. At least, at least for France, it's going to be his last major appearance in, for, for France.
1: Well, I think so. I mean. With his form now, I mean, it's you can't really say that, you know, he won't be around for 2022. I mean, that's just two years from now. Um, I mean, I guess things happen uh, with athletes when they get to be older, but uh, all I know is for the here and now, uh, Olivier Giroud is playing just very, very good ball.
0: Mm-hmm. He sure was, and Didi Deschamps really has no no choice but to have him on the team, but... But let's go ahead and move on to the, our predictions for match day 15. And we're going to go ahead and start with Leicester City and Manchester United.
1: This all of a sudden has become a very, very big game. Um, tough, one to, tough one to pick. Uh, Man U's away form has been absolutely stellar this year. Uh, the Foxes looked really, really good uh, going into Tottenham and getting a win. I think this one though, I think I'm probably going to go with Man U's away form. I think I think Man U's away form will carry the day on this one against the Foxes.
0: You know, I have to agree with you, but it's going to come at a price. And what I mean by that is it's it's not going to be easy because we know how tough Leicester City is. I mean, they're in second place for the for goodness sake, and there's a reason that they're they're they're, they're damn good. That's that's the way to say it. They're damn good. I mean, there's no other way to be crystal clear. But like you mentioned, the form that Manchester United is, especially on the road, is pretty damn good too. So that's why I think Manchester United wins. But it's going to be a three to three to two game. Like Manchester United is not just going to take the ball and run away just like that. Leicester City is going to chase them.
1: So you going to get up at six thirty in the morning on, morning on uh, Boxing Day to watch this one?
0: Probably not. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that's uh, that's the infamous six thirty uh, in the morning game.
1: Yeah. So yeah, I'll have to look at the highlights on that one. I don't plan on being up quite that early. Um, Aston Villa, Crystal Palace. I'll have to go with Villa on this one. Um, they look very good today. They'll be playing at Villa Park in Birmingham. Uh, Palace coming off of that huge beatdown by Liverpool. Um, I just think Villa is the more informed team. I'm going to go with them at home.
0: I agree with you. I, I think you know a two nothing win. Is as realistic as 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 to go on this one? Um, what about Arsenal versus Chelsea and another cool London derby?
1: Chelsea, I think Arsenal's. I think Arsenal's problems continue to go. Um, I just uh, I just think Chelsea is catching them at a really really good time. I I pick the Blues.
0: I have to go with the Blues too, but I th- I think it's going to be a bad day for. For Arsenal, I mean, I don't think they're just going to lose. I think they're going to lose bad. I think Chelsea picks up the win for nothing.
1: Fulham, Southampton. Fulham actually played pretty well in the weekend. Probably should have won up at Newcastle. Newcastle was playing down a guy after, after a red card. Uh, they actually looked really good. Um, the last couple of weeks, Fulham has actually been really improving. Uh, of course, they played a really stellar first half against Liverpool. Uh, previously last week, but um, I think Southampton goes to Craven Cottage, and I think Southampton gets the win.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna have to go Southampton because Southampton's obviously pissed off that they, they were n- unable to get the win at home against Manchester City, and I don't want to and I don't want to say that they're gonna come up short again. Yep, at least not yet.
1: And then talking about Newcastle, they have to make the trip to the Etihad in Manchester to play City. Uh, City wins this one. I don't. I don't see Newcastle giving them much of a fight.
0: Yeah, I think Ma- Manchester City. Just, you know, arrive, play good ball, and go home. I think Manchester City wins three nothing.
1: Everton making the trip from Merseyside over to Yorkshire to play Sheffield United. <sighs> I, the Blades are overdue for a win. Uh, they're just not going to be doing it against Everton. Everton's class at midfield and with their finishing, I think, is just too much for the Blades.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna have to go Everton three nothing.
1: Very, very up and down. Speaking of Yorkshire, very, very up and down. Leeds United uh, hosting Burnley after Burnley's best performance. Um, oh. I this this is one. Uh, I'm gonna go with Leeds on this one. I mean I think they're over they're overdue for a really good game.
0: I think Le- Leeds takes this one because you know Leeds is, is unfortunately they're frustrated because they were humiliated by a Manchester United team that is kinda lacking on defense, but, but Manchester United just humiliated them. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna have to go Leeds United.
1: West Ham hosting the sinking Brighton. Um, I think the Hammers win this one.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go West Ham. West Ham with 2-0 win.
1: Liverpool hosting West Brom. Um, West Brom, after watching the tape of Liverpool's dismantling of Crystal Palace, they've got to be just... Um, not looking forward to this trip to to Merseyside. I think Liverpool wins this one on the trot.
0: I have to agree with you, Liverpool. You know, despite uh, the injuries and everything, Liverpool's got some confidence and a little bit of momentum going, and they want to, you know, like you said, like they want to stay in first. They want they want to try to stay as far as the second place team as possible. So I think Liverpool takes this win, but but those teams are still chasing. So. Wins a win, but Liverpool's not going to be in the clear, not even close. Which now gets takes to Wolverhampton versus Tottenham. Well, it hasn't really been a good few days for Tottenham, hasn't it?
1: <laughs> hasn't been really a great last couple of games for Wolves either. Uh, these are two teams that are both really looking to to write themselves. I think this is one though where I, I do think Spurs will go up to the Midlands, and I think they'll get the result and Wolverhampton. I I think Spurs will get this one.
0: I think so too. I'm going to go with Tottenham wins two to nothing. I think how I think Holming's Son honestly is the difference maker for this game.
1: Well, uh, and I think that's maybe what spoke, speaks volume of their loss the other day to to Leicester City uh, was the fact that Son did have a quiet game. I mean, he's he's a great target for uh, Harry Kane. They have such a good uh, communication with each other. And uh, Gareth Bale, you know, hopefully he's, if you're a Spurs fan, you got to be hoping to see more Bale uh, playing out there as well.
0: Absolutely, but as far as Tottenham goes, I, I think, you know, I think a win is, is absolutely realistic. But, I mean, Wolverhampton will put up a fight as as much as they can, but... I think they're going to be quote they're going to be overwhelmed, honestly.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: Well, you will know, last thing I want to say, you know, in speaking of the current standings, I should mention to you, Steve, that for the first time since 1994, there will be no London club in the Premier League top four on Christmas Day.
1: That's really rather incredible when you think about it. <laughs> Number one because of the sheer volume of London clubs. But, uh, but the other part of it, too, uh, a, a lot of these London clubs, I mean particularly Arsenal, Chelsea, uh, you can throw Tottenham in there a little bit, too, but particularly Chelsea uh, and Arsenal, um, they've got a lot of clout and they've got a lot of history. And it's, uh, it is it is rather amazing uh, that right now the, the closest London club right now is Chelsea sitting at fifth.
0: <laughs> right, I know. I know. And what's even another fact I should mention is it's, it's it's one point different too. Difference too. Yep. <laughs> but well, it'll it's surely weird. First time since nineteen ninety four, huh? and I, I was a baby the last last time this happened.
1: Well, and one thing not to overlook at all this too with the standings of. Man, U has only played thirteen games. Everybody else that's in the top, uh, the top seven, they all have fourteen games. So uh, they still have a game in hand to try to to try to gain some more ground on Liverpool at the top.
0: Yes, you know, I mean, Manchester United is five points is five points uh, below. But if Manchester United can somehow pull it off against Leicester City. Liverpool's gonna have to deal with the fact that their old rivals, Manchester United, is knocking on the door.
1: Yeah, that'll uh, when it comes time for that uh, that return match against against Man U. Um, yeah, it 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 makes it fun when you have some of these old rivalries, and also uh, with Everton being in the top four. Back in the eighties, Everton and Liverpool had a tremendous amount of success in the top flight of English football. They were winning domestic titles, FA Cups, European hardware. Uh, So it's even as a Liverpool fan, I gotta say, I'm I'm glad to see Everton uh, is has improved, and you know now they've become a rival that makes it a much more makes it much more interesting.
0: Absolutely. Um, Before we go, let me go over quickly go over the league uh, and uh, La Liga. Lille's still in first place after that 0-0 draw against les Parisiens, while Lyon is in second, and Paris Saint-Germain is in third, followed by Marseille. Man, now Ligue 1 is becoming interesting again, because Paris Saint-Germain is in a struggle right now.
1: Well, and Neymar's going to be out for a few weeks.
0: Yes, an ankle injury. He, he could be out for the first round of 16 game as well, but they're hoping not.
1: Yeah. No, and I mean, he's played so well this year, uh, but, but yeah, for the first time... First time in a while, uh, it's actually kind of interesting following league on that there, there's actually some competition there for a change.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, and La Liga, Atletico Madrid is looking is actually there's a t- there's a tie for first because both uh, Madrid clubs are basically uh, on the top, uh, both at twenty nine points. Although, granted, Atletico Madrid's played only twelve games while Real Madrid's played fourteen. Well, yeah,
1: Atletico has a couple games in hand, but uh, but don't uh, you know don't underestimate the fact that you know psychological thing. Uh, Real has beaten Atletico already this year.
0: Absolutely. So Real Madrid is really the best team in the in the league right now. Yeah, no, no question right now.
1: So, but but that's a fairly wide open uh, La Liga for a change now too.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. I mean. It's it's kind of hard seeing Barcelona, you know, where they are right now. Six wins, three draws, and four losses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the big question surrounding uh, that club is how much longer is Lionel Messi going to put up with that?
1: Well, I mean, clearly, clearly all is not well in Barcelona. Um, yeah, that's just a whole soap opera over there.
0: I mean, right now I'm worrying about Lionel Messi. I'm worrying that all these frustrations, it's going to cause him to call it quits because I fear that it's going to be the same thing as Eric Antona. He's going to lose his passion for the game.
1: Well, it's like anything else. And, and you know, soccer players are are human too. I mean, if, if going to work is kind of a buzzkill, uh, he's got a gorgeous wife and he's got, you know, adorable kiddos. I mean, why not... Uh, why not spend some time with the family and you know not have to deal with all of this aggravation?
0: Well, I guess he he still wants to you know at least go for at least one more World Cup because you know he he wants to, Lord knows how bad he wants to win that, but I don't know if, if Argentina. I mean Argentina is probably obviously going to be a favorite because you know one of the one of the heavyweight teams who's won it before is obviously always a favorite along with France, Germany, England, but I'm I I, I don't know. If, if really, if La Abeliste is going to be really one of the tough teams to get through in the World Cup.
1: Okay. Yeah. But yeah. All
0: right. Well, I'd like to remind everybody that Into the Net FC is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Steve, I want to thank you so very much for coming. I'd like to wish you and your family a Merry Christmas, and I'd like to wish. All of our loyal listeners out there, a very Merry Christmas as well.
1: Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, everybody.
0: Sick of being upsold at gyms?